Well, good evening, everybody. Uh, we're going to go ahead and invite you to stand. Um, and just as the service goes this evening, we just want to invite you to just worship freely. Um, if that means stand, if that means you got to sit, that is perfectly fine. Uh, we are just glad that you are here worshiping with us. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and say a word of prayer to get us started this evening. Um, let's just bow our heads. Father God, we just thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you for all that you do and all that you are. We pray for your way this evening. God, I pray that you would clear our hearts and minds. God, that you would just move in this place in a very special way. We want to get to know you. We want to feel you. Be with us now. In your name we pray. Amen. Try that again, if that's all right.
what you're going through right now or any time in your life, we always have a reason to give praise to God. Amen. And I'm at my end. You're just getting started. And I hit a wall that you just walked through. When I face a mountain, you are the maker. So it's got to move. When I'm out of faith, you are still faithful. When I'm at my worst, you are still good. And all of my questions, you are the answer. It all points to you. Cause you're the God of the breakthrough. When I'm breaking down, you'll be working a way through. And there's no way out. This one thing I know, you're still on your throne. So
From the ground up, it's your church. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. We're your church. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. It's your church. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. We're your church. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. It's your church. Build your church. Build your church. Build it from the ground up. Upon this rock, you build your church. And the
Build your church, build it from the ground up. Is your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. We're your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. Is your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. You know, uh, it's funny we make our plans and then things um, just kind of don't go the way you plan. And that's, that, uh, that's kind of all right. So these next couple songs that we're going to sing, um, I do want to invite you to continue to worship freely. But we're also going to open the altar. If you've just got something that you want to pray about, by all means, you are welcome to come up and pray. And you know what, let's go ahead and let's just pray right now as well. God, we need you. God, we long for you. I pray just in these next moments, Lord, that you would just move in this place in a special way. It's not about us, God. It's not about us. It is all about you. And if for any moment that we make it not about you, it's not going to work out. So, God, we just pray for you to move. Move like only you can do, Lord. We long for you now. In your name we pray.
This life brings suffering, Lord, I will remember what Calvary has bought for me, both now and forever. Let's sing again. So oh. 
want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind because I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus and I just want to speak the name of Jesus Every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your in the darkness over every enemy 
Jesus for my family. I speak the holy name, Jesus. Oh, shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets and Jesus in the darkness over every enemy and Jesus. Jesus in the streets and Jesus in the darkness over every enemy and Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Jesus shout Jesus shout Jesus shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets and Jesus darkness over every enemy and Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Jesus shout Jesus from the mountains and Jesus in the streets and Jesus in the darkness over Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, under heaven on earth where my, whereby men might be saved sometimes when I pray things feel hopeless don't feel like there's any way we're going to figure it out and then I say Jesus 
when something happens. Jesus, tonight, I pray that you increase the belief of those that are standing here in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Understanding that it's only that when we come to the end of ourselves, when we feel like that wayward child's never going to come home, when we feel like the marriage isn't going to make it, when we don't know where the money's going to come from, if we would get over ourselves and just speak the name of Jesus, Lord, we believe in the wonder-working power of the blood of the Lamb and the name of Jesus. God, I believe you have a word for us tonight. So God, I pray that as we transition into a time of preaching, Lord, that you would let those that have come out tonight, that they would have come with great expectation, God, that they wouldn't leave here the same. God, I sure hope nobody came here tonight hoping to just leave the same as they came in. They could have done something else with their time, Lord, but help us to recognize that through the power of your word, that if we would receive it, if we would allow it to find fertile ground in our hearts tonight, that you could you could change the things that we don't think are ever going to change. Every enemy, every dark addiction, every troubled relationship, in Jesus' name. You may be seated tonight. I uh, appreciate you coming out tonight. I'm going to tell you that I was sitting next to Pastor Jim, who's going to be bringing the word for you this evening, while they were warming up. And I, I really, I'm glad that you're all here, but I told him if nobody else showed up, I would be okay just worshiping with these guys tonight. Didn't they do a great job? Yeah. So I'll remind you again at the end, but come back tomorrow and have some other people come with you. Um, you're going to see Jim does a great job. Just quickly, I'm not going to go too long because he, he's preaching, not me, but I want to tell you, I, I was in a, I was at a meeting in Marion about, about four years ago, and there was somebody that showed up that wasn't invited to the meeting. You like when people show up that aren't invited to meetings, when you've called a meeting, and I didn't know who he was, and I actually, it wasn't Jim, by the way. It, it was somebody like, why, who told this guy he could come to the meeting? And I got to talking to the guy over lunch, and he said, hey, if you're going to be around Orville, Ohio, you should have lunch with a guy named Jim. Well, I, I don't turn down a lot of lunches, so I called a guy named Jim, and we had lunch. And, and I, time would not permit to tell you all the miracles we got to see together over the last few years. Um, I got to spend the last few years of my life spending every week with him writing sermons together, which I, I assure you there's not much greater thing that you can do than sit and write sermons with other people. And um, He became a great friend. Um, I'm so thankful that he's continuing to pastor now church, the, the church that I came from. I'm so thankful that he's going to uh, share what God's laid on his heart tonight. So would you make Jim feel welcome this evening? Thank you uh, so much. Take your Bibles, if you have your Bible or a tablet or whatever device you may be using, and meet me in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to be looking at a couple verses there, verses 14 through 16 tonight. What a blessing it has been already to be here with you all, and I can tell Cap City is doing outstanding things, and, and I hear about God doing amazing things and amazing work. Uh, here in this area, and I am so thankful uh, to be dropped in into what God is doing here already. I got to uh, meet Pastor David today and just spend a little bit of quality time just with him, just brief briefly before service, and he prayed over me in the back. You are blessed to have 
uh, Pastor David around and Pastor, amen, yeah, go ahead, give Pastor David a big hand. And then, and then uh, Pastor Jacob and, uh, man, Pastor Jonathan, uh, you are blessed to have them with you as well. Go ahead and give them a big hand as well. And they are good friends to me. Uh, Jonathan is a good friend to me, and, and I don't say that a lot because um, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of times pastors don't have a lot of friends, and, and I am thankful. Real friends is what I mean. And I am thankful for, for real friends like Pastor Jonathan Barker. And Pastor Jonathan Barker gave me a chance when a lot of other pastors said, drop dead, buckaroo. Um, and he gave me a shot. He believed in me. He believed in what I was uh, trying to preach and trying to proclaim, that the gospel is still good news. Amen. And that Jesus is still seeking and saving the lost. Amen. And I wasn't going to allow anything to stand in the way of that conversation. Um, and he gave me a chance. And man, God has blessed our faithfulness in that area. My wife was up here singing. I don't know if you noticed that. I gave her a hug. I don't know if you saw me over there. That was my wife. That's why I hugged her. Um, so Angela was up here. Angela, wave it, everybody. She's here uh, with us tonight. And uh, she'll be here back tomorrow night. And my son actually will be coming uh, down with her tomorrow night as well, so you'll get to see him and, and meet him as well. So um, that's enough about me. Let's get into uh, the reason that I'm here tonight is to share a little bit about uh, revival. And I want to ask you a question, what if? Over these next two nights, I'm going to ask you that question, what if? What if? Now, I don't know, you probably don't know this about me, but I have a historic um, track record of being the unofficial champion of running my vehicles on empty. Uh, you probably didn't know that about me, but, but I do. I love to push my truck to the limit to see how far I can run that bad boy on E. And it's not a big deal when I'm driving around Orville or Rittman or Wadsworth locally, you know, because I know it's 22 uh, miles from my house to my Orville campus, and then it's about 41 miles from my house to the Wadsworth campus, and, and Rittman is somewhere in between the two of those. So when I'm driving around that area, it's not a big deal, right? I know where all the gas stations are, and I like to really push my truck to the limits. And I love the advancements that vehicles have these days, right? I mean, it lets me know at 50 miles that I'm going to run out of gas. And then it beeps again and it comes up and it says 40 miles, you are going to run out of gas and so on and so forth. And so it's not a big deal to me. However, when, when you are driving between, um, you know, uh, Panama City, Florida, and Tallahassee, Florida, and you have your wife with you and your son in the vehicle, it becomes a little bit more of a challenge. In fact, so much so that you're driving through the Appalachia Cola, I guess is how you say it, National Forest. And who would thought that there are no gas stations in that National Forest, right? And so I was driving and we were having a great trip on vacation just a couple years ago, and we were driving from, um, from Panama City up into Tallahassee. We were going to stay the night there, and then we were going to travel down to visit my cousin, and we were driving 
And my wife was up in the front seat, and it was so peaceful. You, you know how it is, right? So peaceful. You're driving with your family. She's got her earphones, her earplugs, earbuds. What are they called? What are those things? Yeah, those things. She had those in. My son had his in. He was all comfortable, laid off, and all the way back in the back seat, just laid down in the truck, all spread out. We're just driving. And all of a sudden, my light comes on. Beep. 50 miles to Empress. I thought, oh, we're fine. No big deal. We'll make it. We're good. So we're cruising. We're going. We're making it to Tallahassee. And so we get to about 40 miles and then 30 miles. And then all of a sudden it's about 10 miles. It comes on. It says 10 miles. And so at that time I get a little bit nervous. And so I turn the gas gauge on to show me where the next gas station is, which was fine. It said 8 miles the next gas station. And, and so I was great. It was all right. It was fine. My son jumps up and he just happened to wake up and leans up over the seat and says, hey, dad, are we going to run out of gas? I said, no, we're fine. We're good. We're good. We drive that eight miles and all of a sudden there's the gas station. Get ready to pull into that gas station. It's all locked up, all barricaded up. No gas. So I keep driving. And about that time, my wife just happened to wake up. And she looks at me and she goes, we're going to run out of gas, aren't we? And I said, no, we're going to be just fine. I kept driving. We got up to the main highway. I'll never forget it. We got to that main highway and it said one mile to empties. I turned right onto the main highway and I got up there and it said next exit. Gas station, big blue sign, right? Two miles. I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me on this one. So we're driving. It's getting a little intense in the truck. Okay? We don't fight at our house, but we do have intense moments of fellowship. Okay? <laughs> and, and, and it was getting a little intense in that moment. All right? And I'm driving just as fast. And I'm trying to drive fast, right? I've got my foot down on the pedal. And Angie's like, don't drive too fast, you're going to suck all the gas out. And I said, yeah, but I want to get there as fast as I can. We're driving, we're cooking it down the highway. We get off the exit, boom, zero, zero, hits zero. Get off the exit, and sure enough, there's cars blocked off on the exit, backed up. I can see the gas station, but we're at zero. Roll up, stop sign, stoplight, get up. We think we're going to make it through. Stoplight catches us again, and we're sitting there, zero, and I'm thinking, we're not going to make it. I can see the gas station. I can see the gas station. So, green light, boom, take off, go around the corner, and it's one of those big, huge gas stations, right? You can't go on just one side. you got to go around the, the side, and so we went around the side, and I pulled right up into that front one, put it in the park, and as soon as I put it in the park, no joke, engine shut off. My son leans up over and goes, Dad, that was close. I said, I know, I'm still the champion. And I looked at my wife and she said, that was way too close. I tell you that story because I think a lot of our churches are running on E. I want you to look at this passage of scripture tonight. I want to read it. Because I believe a lot of our churches are running on E. I believe there's a lot of warning signs that our churches are, are running on E. 
seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in every time of need. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you will bless this passage of Scripture. God, I pray that we will see the warning signs that are all around us. And God, we have to ask this question, what if? What if tonight? What if tonight we would call out to you? You would hear us. You would open up the heavens and pour out your spirit upon us. God, I know that revival will sweep through this place. I know revival will sweep through our homes, through our lives, through our churches. God, I pray that you would give me the words to speak tonight that would change us eternally. Do it through the power of your word, through the power of your gospel, through the power of your creation and through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Many churches are running on E tonight. Many churches are, the gaslight is, is on. And there's many warning signs about that. In fact, they, the recent studies have released stats that say 85% of churches in America are on the decline right now. And just like my truck, there are warning signs of running on E in the church. There's warning signs of, of running on E spiritually. And we see them all around us. And as a pastor, I, I hear about them all the time. Let me give you a few um, just to kind, kind of take a mental note of. Empty seats in our churches. Empty seats. I believe that God is able to fill each and every one of these seats in this building. Don't you? Because I believe that with God, all things are possible. And there's empty seats all around us. There's empty altars. And I believe that, that God still hears and, and answers the prayers of his people. There's empty altars. And I believe that we have forgotten the importance of, of prayer in our churches. There's empty baptistries. But I believe that we are still called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. There's empty prayer closets. There's empty prayer closets where we're not taking time to spend time in prayer with God outside of the church building. There's empty offering plates, but I believe that, that we're supposed to still give to the work of God on this earth. There's empty worship. Hands lifted high, voices raised on Sunday morning, but hearts that are far from God on Monday. We need revive. We need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. God's word makes it clear in Philippians 4.19. It says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We need to be revived. I've got some breaking news for all of us tonight. God is not running on E. God is not running on E. Even though we may be, 
even though our churches may be. God is not running on E. There is no shortage. He has a supply for our every need. He has an endless supply of mercy. He has an endless supply of power and peace and and freedom and healing. He has an endless supply of help and, and love and care. And my personal favorite that he has an endless supply of that I want to spend a little bit of time on tonight is found in our passage of scripture and there is no shortage on God's grace. It's reaching down to you and to me right now. It's reaching down to to our churches. It's reaching down to our souls. It's, It's reaching down to our communities. Let's look to God tonight. Let's open our hearts to him tonight. His grace is reaching down to each and every one of us. There is no shortage on the grace of God. There never was and there never will be. Hebrews was written primarily to freshly converted Jewish people. Hence the name Hebrews. It all stems from Leviticus 16. And they would have been familiar with having a very high priestly setup. They would have been familiar with all of the priests and all of the talk of the tabernacle and the temple. And and they they would know this language very well. Now the common people were not allowed to enter the holy boundaries of the tabernacle and the temple. The priest got only as far as the inner curtain. But the high priest alone would go beyond the curtain and only on the day of atonement. The very extent extent of a priesthood and way of sacrifice is evidence that the human beings are separated from God. In the Old Testament, through God's grace, he set up the whole Levitical system. Today, that system has been fulfilled in the birth life, words, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now all believers in Christ Jesus are invited and encouraged to come in and enter into the presence of God boldly, not timidly, not bashful, but boldly, but only in Christ Jesus. Our high priest, Jesus Christ, is there. He is ministering. He is making intercession for us. And since we can come boldly into the presence of God and get the help we need, no trial is too great. No temptation is too strong. Jesus can give us the help and grace that we need. Jesus is the answer to our every need. The reason the gaslight is on at so many of our churches in America is because many Christians are running on fumes. Are you running on fumes tonight? Many Christians are running on fumes, fumes from the past. They're celebrating good things that happened in the past so much so they can't see what God has in store for them in the future. They're running on the past. The bad things of the past are keeping them from the good things that God has for them in the future. They're running on fumes of the past. Many Christians are running on fumes of religion. Jesus says that it's a relationship. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship with him. Many are running on fumes of of religion, denomination, not Jesus Christ. 
Many are running on the fumes of good works. Many are running on fumes of rejection of the Holy Spirit. Christians, we know we're running on E. Don't you think it's time we ask God to fill us up? What if? What if it all starts with us? Let's stop blaming the politicians. Let's stop blaming this church or, or that church. Let's even stop blaming the devil and start taking responsibility. You know, I have a bad habit of listening to people's conversations at Panera. Did you know that? And I play it off really cool. You know, I put my, I put my headphones on and, and I sit there and work on my laptop. But sometimes I don't even turn my music on. And I just listen to other people's conversations. And they help me write sermons. Did you know that? So if you see me at Panera, you never know. You might be helping me write a sermon. Just a couple weeks ago, I was, actually, I was actually listening to music and I was writing a sermon. And I was getting ready to close things up and there was, there was two ladies sitting in the booth right behind me. And I could hear them talking and I shut my, I shut my, my music off. And I started to put everything away and I could, I could hear them talking. And, and the one lady said, you know, I'm just so tired of this. I hear it all the time, she said. She said, I'm so sick and tired of it. She said, the devil made me do this, and the devil made me do that. She said, why do you think Christians have such a problem with that? And they say it all the time. And the other lady said, I don't know. I don't know. And I just thought, you know what? I think I'm going to interrupt this conversation. And, and at the time, I didn't have, you know, pastor gear on, you know. I didn't have my pastor costume on, you know, my crew neck and my jeans and my white shoes. I just had some slides on, some sweatpants on, and I even had a hat. So I'm sure they had no idea who I was. I had a hoodie on, and I just grabbed my bag, and I looked up at them, and I said, ladies, I said, can I just interrupt you for a second? They said, yeah, sure. I said, I just happened to hear the end of your conversation. I promise I wasn't listening. That's what I said. But I said, I did hear the end of your conversation. And I said, I heard you say that many times Christians say, the devil made me do this or the devil made me do that. And they said, mm-hmm. That's what she said. She said, mm-hmm. I said, can I just be honest with you? I said, yeah. I said, you know, sometimes I have so much pride in my life that I won't even give the devil credit for what I do wrong in my life. And I said, and that's why I need a savior. And I'm so thankful that Jesus paid the price for me to have eternal life. And the one lady turned around and she looked at me, she said, are you a believer? And I said, yes, ma'am, I am. And she said, we are too. And I just gave him a big hug. And I said, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. That's all I said. And I walked away. We got to stop blaming people and start taking responsibility for our own actions. Maybe, maybe we're to blame for some of the ways the things are in our country. Maybe we're to blame for the way some of the things are in 
in our homes and, and in our lives and in our, in our school systems and in our churches. Maybe it's time that we take some responsibility. If we know we're running on E, don't you think it's time we ask God to fill us up? Maybe you're here and you're running on E tonight. Let me give you a couple things. Jot these down, take them home with you. Look them up, write them up on your wall, put them up on your refrigerator. Because I believe that you can change this right now if you're running on E tonight. Because God's grace is an open invitation to all. God's grace is an open invitation to all. No matter age, race, or social status, God does not discriminate and his grace is available for everyone who accepts, who says yes to Christ Jesus. Through Christ's redemption of our sinful humanity, God's grace abounds and is overflowing. In the middle of our sin, no matter who we are, where we've been or where we're going, God's grace still covers, strengthens, and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And here's the best part. God's grace is available for both the saved and the lost. There is grace for our every need, is what Hebrews says. Every single need. Let us come boldly to the throne. Next, God's grace is essential to us all. God's grace is essential to us all. There's nothing more important than God's grace in your life. Did you know God's grace and his judgment work hand in hand? They work side by side. The only thing that is, that is close to being as important as God's grace in our life is, is our faith in him. Is our faith in his son Jesus Christ and, and the faith in his word and the Holy Spirit. But his grace is essential for us all. But we're never alone. God's grace is, is with us. It's watching over us. God's grace says it'll be okay God's grace says, you are my child. God's grace says, I love you. God's grace says, I, I forgive you. God's grace is an open invitation to all. God's grace is essential to us all. Finally, God's grace is always available. God is always cooking up grace for your every need. Day or night, rain or shine, good times and bad, on the mountaintop and in the valley, in the hospital, in the funeral home, in the classroom, in the office, God's grace is always available. Christians, are you suffering with pain in your body? Did you know Jesus suffered too? There is grace and it's always available. Have there been times when, when you were financially struggling? Did you know that Jesus was poor and in fact had no place to lay his head at night? He borrowed a boat. He borrowed a little boy's lunch to feed the 5,000. He even borrowed a tomb to be buried in. And the owner got it back in just three days. His grace is always available. Are you lonely? Did you know Jesus was lonely? His grace is always available. Do you feel that no one understands you? 
Do you feel that everyone has abandoned you? Jesus understands. He experienced that feeling too. His grace is available to you. Do you struggle with persecution on the job, in the community, at your school, with your family and friends because of your faith in Jesus Christ? Jesus knows all about it. He was rejected. He was spit on. He was beaten, cursed, and mocked and nailed to a cross. There is grace for your every need. There is no shortage of God's grace. He put it all on full display at the cross of Calvary. To come boldly to the throne of grace does not mean that we are to approach God carelessly or irrelevantly or flippantly or without some presumption. It means that we can come to him with full assurance and freedom. Even though we are not perfect, we are encouraged to come to him without fear in liberty in Christ, to make our needs known, to share with him in our pain, and to ask him for help. Are you running on fumes tonight? Run to Jesus. Is your spiritual gaslight on E? Run to Jesus. Where are you running to for help? You know, I, uh, I've been blessed to have some incredible women in my life. My wife is here with me tonight. You heard her sing. and She, she loves me. We've been married for 15 years. I know, you're surprised by that, aren't you? Fifteen years we've been married. and My mom was uh, an incredible mom. She was a godly mother, and she loved me, and she learned that from her mom, which is right here. You can see her pictured here. That was my grandma. And... There were days, you, you know, you ever have people like this in your life? There were days where you wondered, like, if your dad loved you or your, or your aunt loved you. But you knew that your grandma loved you. Do you ever know that? I mean, that's just, I mean, I knew my grandma loved me. And I, I love to, the, every year when the snow starts to fly, right, this is kind of the time I don't know about you, but we're already started to play a little bit of Christmas music at our house. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Anybody else? Raise your hand if you're playing some Christmas music. I see that hand. Bless that hand. Bless that hand. All right, good. Yeah, bless that hand. See, I see. We're already started. And one of my favorite things that we used to do back in the old days was we would go to my grandma and grandpa's house, and, and they had this huge old house. They were, they were pastors. Uh, he was a pastor up in inner city Cleveland, up on the west side, on, on the west side of Cleveland. And, and they had this huge parsonage that they put them in right beside uh, the church. And it was an old house, but man, it was huge. And it had three levels. And it was great for me as like a little nine-year-old boy. I loved to play in that house because it was an old house. And you could always find these like secret places to hide, you know, secret places. So all the cousins, we would love playing there. We'd run from the top level to the attic, clear down to the basement, and play everywhere in between. And every year for Christmas, 
we would go there and we would do Christmas Eve. We'd stay the night and then we'd have Christmas breakfast and open up all our presents. Man, it's a great time with family. I was about nine years old and, and my cousin, he was a, a couple years older than me. He was, about, he was about 11, I would assume, at the time. And uh, we had this great idea that we were going to play putt-putt golf in the basement. And you know how it is in Cleveland. You can't play outside in Cleveland in December. you gotta, you got to be creative as a 9-year-old, 10-year-old boy. And so what we did was we just happened to know that Grandpa had his, his, his stash of golf clubs that he kept. And so we grabbed a couple putters from Grandpa's golf stash, and we went down and grabbed some golf balls, and we set up little stations with carpet at one here, and this was hole number one, and we put a little cup down. Hole number two, right? Well, the problem was that floor was concrete. And so, not me, but my cousin, every time he, he would miss the ball and he would hit the concrete, and all of a sudden it would, you know, scrape the putter, which we didn't really pay any attention to. You know, we didn't know. We were just playing. We got to about hole three. Now, I know some of you think I'm a big guy. My grandpa, he was about 6'6", 325 pounds. He was a mammoth of a man. He came to the foot of that basement stairs, and I'll never forget, he went like this. Boys! And I thought, oh boy. What's that? He said, have you seen my new putter I got for Christmas? And I was like this, holding it in my hand. And I thought, we're in trouble. I laid it down and I ran up the stairs. I'm not sure exactly what all happened because I kind of blacked out after that. No, I'm joking. Uh, I ran up the stairs. I ran past my grandpa. He was standing there at the top of the stairs. My mom was standing in the kitchen. I'll never forget. She had that look on her face, right? You know moms what I'm talking about. This look right here. She was like this. I ran right past my mom. All the men were sitting around the table. I don't know what they were doing. They were probably still eating at the table. My dad was there. My uncle was there. My older cousin was there. Boom, I ran right past them. You know where I was going? I was going to the only one that I knew that truly loved me. And I'll never forget, she was sitting in my grandpa's big lazy boy. And you can tell she's a, she was a tiny lady. She was sitting in that big lazy boy chair. And I looked up, I looked up at her. And she said, are you in trouble? And I said, I think I am. And I'll never forget what she said to me. She said, come here. I crawled up in that chair beside her. And her words were, it's okay. And I said, Grandma, I'm so sorry. And you know what she said to me? She said, it's okay. Watch what she said. She said, we forgive you. That was good enough for me. She was speaking on my grandpa's behalf. 
where are you running to for help? Let us come boldly. Look at it. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our every time of need. I believe there is a God in heaven that is waiting with arms open wide for us to run to him. And when we do, he's going to welcome us with loving, graceful arms. What's holding you back? What's keeping you from God's grace? What's keeping you from God's presence? What's keeping you from his love? What's holding you back from from his mercy? Would you run to God? Don't let anything stand in your way. No matter what you've done, no matter how far you've ran from him, run to God's presence. There is grace for your every need. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would quiet our hearts right now. Lord, I'd ask that you would turn each of our what-ifs into you can. God, I pray that we would run into your presence tonight. I pray that that we would run into your grace. I pray that we would run straight into your arms. There is grace for our every single need. No matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we're struggling with, God, I pray that we would give it all to you. Lord, in the choir this moment, I pray that you would sweep across this room. Search our hearts tonight. Bring us closer to you. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I won't call you out, I won't embarrass you tonight, but I just want to pray for you before I close this prayer out. Colton, if you would, would you come and play real softly? I'd ask that we go into this time of prayer right now. Maybe you're here tonight and you're struggling with something spiritually. Maybe you're running on ease spiritually. Maybe you're running on some fumes of the past. Maybe fumes of religion. Maybe fumes of of good works. Maybe fumes of, of just rejection of the Holy Spirit's leading and guidance in your life. Maybe you're here tonight and you're just running on E spiritually. Can I just pray for you before I close this prayer out? Would you just slip up your hand and hold it up high? And by by doing so, you'll signify to me, say, Pastor Jim, just pray for me. I'm running a little bit on E tonight spiritually. Some things holding me back from God's presence. There's some things keeping me from God's grace. 
Anybody like that at all? Just hold your hand up real high. Let me pray for you. Thank you. Bless that hand. Bless that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. I see it. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. I see you back there. Thank you. Say, Pastor Jim, I'm just, I'm running a little bit spiritually on E. Anyone else? Just hold it up real, real high so I can see it. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you for your honesty. God, thank you for moving in the hearts of these people that raise their hand. Lord, I pray for each and every one of them. Tonight's probably the first time I've ever seen it, the majority of them in my entire life. But God, you've You've, you've known them when they were in their mother's womb. And you care about them. And you love them. And God, I have no doubt, standing on the authority of your word, that your grace is reaching down to them tonight. In your grace is sufficient for their every need. So God, I pray that they would run to your presence tonight. That they wouldn't look elsewhere, but they would look to you. They would fix their eyes on the grace of Jesus Christ. They would fix their eyes on your love and your mercy in your ways. They would look in, in your direction tonight. God, tonight they would, they would cry out to you. And you will hear their prayers. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in their lives. Thank you that there's not one of us in this entire building or watching online that you are not dealing with. Thank you for your grace. God, draw us closer to you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand all over the building? I'm going to ask that those of you that raise your hand, would you just step out and come forward and just kneel at this altar? Turn it over to God. Run, run to him. I said one of the reasons why our church's gas lights are on is, is because we've got empty altars. We haven't been using them like we should. What an opportunity for you to step out tonight, put a stake in the ground, and run to God. Run to his grace and find grace for your every need. Don't wait. Don't let anything stand in your way. The warning signs are on. You raised your hand tonight and said, Pastor Jim, pray for me. And I did. I prayed for you. But will you come and pray right now? Will you come and cry out to the Heavenly Father? Will you come and run to his presence? 
Your spiritual gaslight has been on. The warning signs were on. 50 miles, 40 miles, 30 miles, 20 miles. He's continued to pour out his grace to you. Do not reject it any longer. Run to him. Run to him. I'd ask, I'd ask for you that are standing there to come and pray with these that are kneeling already. Church, come and pray with these that have stepped out. Come and surround them with your love and with your care. His grace is reaching down. How will we respond? Over every heart and every mind And I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus And I just want to speak the name of Jesus speak Jesus your name is power your name is healing your name is life break every stronghold shine through the shadows burn Your name is power, your 
maybe you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You've never said yes to him. The Bible makes it clear that today is the day of salvation. Yesterday is, is gone. And none of us are promised tomorrow. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. The call has been given to you. His grace has reached down to you. The warning signs have been given to you, but you have never said yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior in your life. And tonight, he's reaching down to you again and giving you the opportunity. I'm going to ask Colton to sing that one more time. But I just really feel in my heart, I don't know why, but I really feel in my heart that there's someone here tonight that needs to give their life to Jesus Christ. And needs to to say yes to his gospel. That needs to step out, come forward to this altar and give their life to Jesus. Would you do it tonight? There's people here that will come and pray for you. I know it's going to take I know it's going to take some guts. But I believe that if you make that first move, God will carry you the rest of the way. He says, look to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Would you look to Jesus? Would you run to him for help? John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Would you put your trust in Christ and in him alone tonight? While Colton sings one more time, this is your personal invitation. Would you step out and give your life to Jesus tonight? Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is love. Break every stronghold. Don't put it Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. Your name is power. talked, uh, did a great job tonight talking about how we run on the fumes of so many things, and as I sat there and listened to him tonight, I realized it, it really doesn't matter what those fumes are in your life. If they're anything but the Holy Spirit of God, it's going to run out. 
Joel chapter 2, Jesus said that he would pour his spirit out upon all mankind. So if you're here today, you're qualified to receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus stood up at the feast and said that whoever believes in him out of their stomach will run water, will run rivers of living water. If you aren't experiencing something that feels like living water inside of you coming forth, you receive something other than the Holy Spirit, but you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. He told us that if you being evil, and we are kind of, right, know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will the Father not give the Holy Spirit to those who ask them? So real quick, just two things about that. If you want to be filled tonight with the Holy Spirit, it's not happening for one of two reasons. Either your pride is keeping you from asking, or number two, your lack of belief means that you're not truly meaning it when you ask, and God can judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Anything else will leave you empty and will continually leave you empty, and you'll find yourself chasing it again and again. Thank you so much, Pastor Jim, for the message. Uh, Can we give him a hand this evening? I'll let you go ahead and have a seat. I won't be much longer, but I'll let you go ahead and have a seat. Um, Just want to make sure you know the schedule for the rest of the weekend. We'll be right back here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Um, So please come. I think everybody but one person from the worship team, I think, will be back tomorrow. So I'm so thankful that they're going to be back here with us um, tomorrow. So come back, invite someone. Pastor Jim will be bringing the word again on 1030 Sunday morning. You all know where you're supposed to be anyway. But um, Dr. Deborah Charles from our Brooklyn church will be here. She's part of the board of our denomination. And I'm, I'm just really looking forward to the word that she's going to bring. As far as we know, the baptistry is going to be open again. If you're looking to be baptized, see Pastor Jacob um, before the end of the service. Um, and then tomorrow morning, I'm saving this for last because I want you to remember it, and I'll have time to remind you of the other things. Pastor Jim, um, there, there's, a, there's a large network, discipleship network called Liberty Church Network, and it, it's, it was born out of Liberty University. Um, and Pastor Jim's highly involved in it. He is the president. Is president the right word? Is that what they call him? No. Director. Catalyst, catalyst leader for Wayne County, um, and he spoke at different conferences for them in, in other states, um, and he does a great job with discipleship. Again, he's the thing I miss most about the North. Um, I don't miss the cold weather you talked about in Cleveland, that's for sure, because you all know what, how I feel about golf, but um, anyway, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., he's going to do a discipleship training. It'll be good. You might say, well, do I need to be a leader? Or pass-? No. If you believe that God's called you to make disciples, which he has, you can come for that. We'll do that right here in the sanctuary. If Jacob doesn't know that you're coming, Jacob, raise your hand. Everybody knows who Pastor Jacob is. You might just walk by him and say, hey, I'll be here in the morning. Because if you don't, there might not be enough coffee and donuts for you, okay? Um, so we wanted to make it easy so you didn't have to sign up for anything. But we'll be right here at 9 o'clock. Pastor Jim will be giving instruction. Then we'll be back here tomorrow night um, at 7 p.m. So um, baptism Sunday. See Pastor Jacob. If you're going to be here tomorrow morning, just go and let Pastor Jacob know before you leave. Let me close in prayer for you, and then let's uh, continue to ask the Lord to lead us throughout this weekend. Father, you know that uh, you laid it on my heart that we would just meet together throughout this weekend, that maybe we needed extended times of worship together, that we needed to hear messages from Pastor Jim and Pastor Deborah. We pray that um, throughout the day tomorrow and as we prepare for tomorrow night and go into Sunday, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. God, the person that believes that there is no hope, that they, they're running on empty, Lord, that they would understand that you have everything. Like, like Jim said tonight, Lord, according to your word, that we could come to your throne with boldness and that you would supply all 
of our needs according to your riches and your glory. God, help everyone here leaving tonight to understand that that is available, and it's our responsibility to come to you and seek those things. We thank you for the worship tonight, God, for your presence in this place, and we pray that you'll be with us throughout the activities this weekend. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.